welcome to the QCS General Practice Podcast, empowering GP practices with the latest expert insights. I'm Tracy Green, Head of Primary Care, and today I'll be talking with my colleague Ali about the Care Quality Commission's key line of inquiry and its 2021 strategy. Although this time the tables are turned as Ali will be quizzing me on this subject. Hi Ali, and thank you for joining me today. Hi Tracy, thank you and a pleasure to chat to you again. Can we start by explaining the background to CQC, do you think? Yeah, of course. As everyone listening today will no doubt be aware, the CQC was established in 2009 and it was there to regulate and inspect health and social care services in England. It did refresh the way it inspected practices back in 2014. And that is actually when I joined the CQC as a practice manager specialist advisor. So I've been part of more than 60 inspections since that date. Wow. What has the CQC focus been on then, based on your experience? So we know that the CQC has focused largely on the well-led Chloe over the last couple of years. And that's because they recognise that when a provider is well-led, generally speaking, everything else follows. So while the CQC remains a regulator, times are changing. And they are saying that they also want to engage more closely with practices to provide a more supporting role, exploring personalised care and really focusing on what matters to people. The CQC have developed and published its strategy for 2021 over five phases and we're already in phase three. So what does phase three include? Phase three has been running since March and it included the rollout of the emergency support framework, the ESF. So whilst this was a more ideal approach than on-site inspections, It really has allowed the CQC to test how the future might look in terms of a remote, maybe lighter touch inspection strategy. As part of this phase, the CQC has been carrying out the first phase of the COVID-19 provider collaboration reviews, the PCRs, with providers and also with STPs and ICS leaders. So the CQC's chief executive, Ian Trenholm, recently wrote to all providers. He outlined the aims, the benefits, and the ambitions of these reviews as well. If you've not seen that or you want to recap, you can find this on the CQC's website. That programme began with a focus on health and social care services for the over 65 population. And that was because that population has really been particularly impacted by COVID-19. Okay, so Tracy, what will that programme involve then and how can people become more involved with it? The programme will look at patients' access to and experiences of urgent care, emergency care services. The CQC's ambition is to look at provider collaboration in all ICSs and STP areas. The first phase of this has already gone, so it's happened in July and August, and it involved 11 reviews, including my own STP area of Sunny Devon. There is an online CQC participation platform that they've created And individuals and organisations can get involved with this by sharing expertise and experience and taking part in surveys. I certainly signed up some time ago and it's really useful to sign up to that. We will make the link available to you, but for now, if you want to jot it down, it is cqc.citizenlab.co forward slash en dash gb forward slash uk doesn't really roll off the tongue. So as I say, we'll make that available to our listeners, but it's a really useful platform and a way to feel more involved too. Okay, so what are the objectives of the provider collaboration reviews or PCRs, you referred to them earlier? 
Yeah, so their objectives are to support providers across the systems by sharing learnings around the partnership efforts, resulting in improved experience and outcomes for those who've used the services during the pandemic. So this really seems to be focusing on patient outcomes, which I think could be a really fantastic step forward. They also aim to share the learning of approaches underway to support preparation for re-establishing services during and post-COVID-19, and not only share learning locally, but also nationally. And I think that's really important because that's going to be in advance of any subsequent spikes of COVID-19, second phases, and also winter 2021 pressures, and it will really help to drive improvement. This is going to take until autumn of this year before then CQC move into phase four. You said we're currently in phase three and providers will be aware, of course, they can expect to call from the CQC inspector to go through emergency support framework or the ESF rather than their usual annual call. But what happens in phase four then? So phase four is going to bring formal consultation and ongoing revisions, including code design, detailed descriptions of how CQC needs to adapt to deliver their strategy. As I touched on, I really hope this focuses on the patient outcomes and it will likely include working at scale innovation, including what truly matters to people. Then by May 2021, we move into phase five, when this strategy will be published and the first adaptations to the CQC's approach will be completed. What do we think may change then for practices? It's a really good question. There's a definite focus on providers being safe. And one part of the strategy for 2021 is to have smarter regulation for a safer future. We're also reading about how a lighter touch approach may be embedded based on levels of risk, of course, not just during, but also post-COVID. So I think it's a really interesting time Mm -hmm. to watch this space. Yeah. And we all want to keep patients and staff safe. So what would you recommend practices do now to be compliant and be able to evidence the fact that they are safe? So many practices out there, as we know, are going to be really experienced with the CQC inspections and also the annual regulatory reviews. They'll be really used to implementing and following robust policies and providing the triangulation of evidence for inspections. So what I mean by that is ensuring that whatever providers have, say, in a complaints policy, they follow that and they can evidence that by both the incoming complaint and the practice's response or responses. And that's really what they're looking for, for that triangulation of evidence. Yeah. So, Tracy, what are the six key areas within SAFE then? Well, first of all, the key definition for CQC of SAFE is that they need to see policies and evidence in place that demonstrate that people are protected from abuse and avoidable harm. And let's remember there's variations of abuse. It can be physical, sexual, mental, psychological, and much more. So if you're new to general practice or you want to refresh it, there are six key areas within the safe Chloe. So one is how do systems, processes, and practices keep people safe and safeguarded from abuse? How are risks to people assessed and their safety monitored and managed so they are supported to stay safe? Do your staff have all the information they need to deliver safe care and treatment to people? And how do you ensure that proper and safe use of medicines are in place where the service is responsible for this? What's your track record on safety? And are lessons learned and improvements made when things go wrong? Thanks for that. It's a really great overview, actually, for us all to remember. And what are inspectors expecting to see as evidence? So I've said there's six areas. Within those six areas, there's actually 37 sub-questions. 
But as an overview, the CQC needs to be reassured that providers have processes in place to keep people safe, covering off those six areas I just mentioned. So this includes things like recruitment, training and development of teams, skill mix, staffing levels, managing clinical data, test results and medications, emergency equipment. They want to see how is it checked and logged, how a lesson learned and improvements are made when things go wrong. Ultimately, Ali, they are looking for evidence they have embedded a safe culture. And that is the key thing for them, that the culture is there rather than just two weeks before the inspection. Interestingly, one of the new areas the CQC will look at within the safe domain is how safety alerts are received, managed, communicated and documented. So each practice must be registered to receive these alerts. And it is really important that somebody is allocated to review and act on these again documenting those actions taken lots of great pointers there how can qcs help do you know i really know it might sound like a huge amount of work we've both been there as ex-practice managers but i must say that most providers out there will likely be doing much of this and may just need to develop a system to evidence it this can be as simple as a spreadsheet to log all alerts and track them what i will say however is that qcs provides so much more We've got over 220 policies and procedures. We provide a mock inspection for each of those key lines of inquiries to provide a self-assessment and action plans. We have interactive risk assessments, audit templates, and a huge variety of toolkits. That's great. And finally, do you have any words of advice? My final bit of advice really would be to make sure that everything is recorded. If the policies, procedures and action points aren't written, then in CQC's eyes, the positive steps you've taken didn't happen. You really must be able to evidence everything you do. So log everything and make sure you can show how you are compliant. That's great. Thanks for that, Tracy. And we look forward to speaking again next month and it will be about manager training. Thank you for listening today. To find out more about QCS, please visit www.qcs.co.uk forward slash GP podcast.